0: Welcome to Do A Blessing, CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's
1: message. Um, We we were talking about partnership. We were talking about partnership. Today we were talking about partnership. And you know, there is something that is in partnership, it is just, sorry we don't have the slide, but it says... We are partners. Partnership means partner in a ship. Partner, sheep. Friendship. What does ship mean? Is a group is something that's carrying people in a particular direction. So you cannot be in friendship with somebody if you're not going to the same direction. Is there somebody is driving somebody and the other person is following? So we are partnerships. Among them is that in partnership, you are as strong as your partner. We're talking, we're talking like that also when we talk about the marriage issues. You are as strong as a partner. So for those who feel that their partner can, should not be, um, should be bad from doing XYZ, <laughs> The day you need someone to lift you up, you are going to be left with whoever you, you, you decided to. To keep to one side, so we are partners. Now, First Corinthians chapter chapter three, verse seven to nine, he says, so then, he who waters is so 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 then neither he who waters is anything, no he who, who plants anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters our one, each one of these will receive his own reward according to his own labor. He now said, for we are fellow workers, for, for, for we are God's fellow workers. Another question will tell you that we are co-laborers together with God. So what I'm trying to out that is that, it first of all say, talks about my partnership with human beings. But oh, it also saying that you know what, no matter how much I partner with people, if God is not involved in that partnership, it doesn't yield an increase. Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two, verse thirty. How could one chase a
0: thousand? Yes. And to put ten thousand to flight,
1: mm-hmm.
0: unless the rock. At- Sold them Mm -hmm. and the
1: Lord had surrendered them. He said, I can one chase a thousand and two ten thousand, except God has already breathed upon that partnership. So he's basically saying that it is God that brings out the best in partnership. But one thing that you need to also understand in partners, is that why would God need to partner with me for me to be able to do, why do I need to partner with God? Why do I need to come into partnership with him for us to make the best out of it? You know, some of us, we, I've read this because so I'm not, if, if you are reading also that way, is that when you read Genesis chapter one, we we see a, a world that is without chaos. Everything that is peaceful, in Genesis chapter 1. And let us then just read Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 to us. It says, Then the Lord blessed them, and the Lord said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all every living thing that moves on the earth. Do you know one thing that comes out in that statement? It is the word subdue. How can I, if I tell you that go into that place and hit with them, you would go into that place and do whatever you have to do but when I say go into that place and subdue it, in your mind, the first question you may ask me is that, is there anything for me that is going to oppose me? And when God told Adam, he said, this is your responsibility, is to subdue that environment. So that means that God was saying to him, part of your responsibility is To put things under lead, under control, or else place a lead on them, or else things will get out of control. So, when God said to him, He said, Subdue that land. And at times, we, we probably have read it and we just read over it and we go, Yes, you know, God, God is, but what is, what is really, you know, Adam must have had it. There was no problem, no chaos. Everything was just peaceful. It wasn't. It was peaceful because Adam was in control. That's why he said, subdue it. He said, have dominion over them. I don't think that you will talk about dominion or subduing something if there is no Person trying to say, No, you can't rule me. Let's have a look at the scriptures, Psalm 82. Psalm 82, going from verse 4 to 7. It says, Deliver the poor from the needy. If you read from verse 1, it will say, God sits in the midst of other gods. And it says, it says Deliver the poor and the needy, free them. From the hand of the wicked, they do not know, neither do they understand. N- n- so, nor do they understand. They walk in darkness, and the foundations of the earth are unsustained. Who are the police talking to? He said, I said to you, You are gods, you are the children of the most high God. But because they don't understand what he's talking about, verse 7 says, You shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Can I ask you a question? Is that God seems to be differentiating between those that are called gods and those that are called men? The King James Version will tell you that you shall die like mere men. So it looks like God is looking down from heaven and he's saying no, there are two people walking on the planet. There are men and there are gods. These gods are as a result of the fact that they are children of the most high. The question is do you really see Things that God is saying though know, there are there are two sets of people working on the planet. Do you feel that you know, yes, you know, we, we may be the same, but we are not necessarily in the same category. Now, when we understand this, see what I'm trying to point out all oh, the point us also true is that we are talking about the kingdom of God and going to heaven. But also, while you are unhurt, there is a responsibility placed on you. Let us see how Paul addressed it in Philippians chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. He said, For I am outpressed, ad- I am pressed. I am hard pressed between having two desires: to depart and be with Christ, which is better, which is far better for me. So Paul is saying, you know, guess what? I just want to. I can. I can. Des- I can decide to to leave, exit this world, and be with God. That is my desire. It is. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But Paul says in verse 24, he said, nevertheless, remaining in the flesh is more needful for you. I am being confident of this, that I know that I shall remain and continue with you. For you sorry, i, I, I continue with you for all progress. For your progress and joy in faith. What is Paul saying? Paul says, see. The fact that I'm choosing to live on heart, it is for your own benefit. I am here to add value to you. Paul was saying himself as he understood that you know what? See, the reason why God is keeping me here is not is not necessary. It's it's so that your life can move forward. I am such a blessing before God, because I understand that I am part of the gods, not men. I don't know if this makes sense to us. Jesus was was so got involved in this conversation at a time. Because Jesus was doing miracles, and he was doing so many things, and people were saying to him, John chapter 10 verse 33 to 35, said, and the Jews answered, And the Jews answered him, saying, for the good works you do, we do not stone you, but for your blasphemy, because you say, being a man, make yourself God. Verse 34, Jesus answered them. And said, is it not written in your Bible, like we have it today? I said to you, you are God. What did Jesus say? Jesus was saying that, you know, Because you do not believe in what the the scripture says. That is why when you you see me do certain things, you are shocked. You should not be the one having this debate with me. Why was he talking about them? He was talking to them because they were Jews and they were children of Abraham. He said, if he called them God to whom the word of God came, the scriptures the so Jesus was saying to them, "The reason why you think that what I am saying, or the way I am operating, is weird, is because you 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 have not studied and believed that Scripture that says that you are God's children of the Most High." I'm going to just show you, read a narration to you, if I can, or somebody can read it for us. We're going to read two scriptures. We're going to read one from Luke chapter 9 and the other one from Luke chapter 10. So, if we read Luke chapter 9 from verse 1,
0: then he, then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Luke 10. After the sins, the Lord appointed a seventy other also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, and the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out
1: as lambs among wolves. Thank you, Ma. Now, I'm just going to just compare the two, the, the, those two scriptures for us. Luke chapter 9, what did he say? He said to them, I have given you power. Does that make sense? He told them, Luke chapter 9, he said, I've given you power over, um, over demons and over every kind of animal. Luke chapter 10, he didn't say that to them, he just said, he appointed 12 he had dealt with those 12 first He now appointed another 70, and he sent them to them, sent them there before every city, and he said to them, I am sending you like a lamb among wolves. Please, I want you to look at the two examples. One, he sent them and he told them in chapter nine, he said, I have given you power. The other one, he just told them and said, go. But guess what? There's have to wolf there, but I've sent you as a lamb among wolves. So basically, they kind of probably see them and said, oh, well, we, we would have no power. Now, I want you to look at the response when they both came back. We go to back to Luke chapter 9, verse 6. Remember, this is Luke chapter 9, where he told them that they have power. So they departed
0: and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere.
1: So when they went out, they began to preach the gospel and they were healing everywhere. There was no complaint. Let's look at Luke chapter 10 now, where he did not tell them they had power. Yes. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Mm -hmm. Lord, Mm -hmm.
0: even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven behold i give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you
1: nevertheless God, god bless you man now what what's the difference in those two narrations the first one he told them they had power when they were doing miracles it wasn't a surprise the second said, because he didn't tell them that they had power. When they came back, they were like, did that just happen? How many of us are, are like that? You probably feel, well, um, there's somebody around your area or there's issues going on at your workplace and you go, God hasn't spoken to me directly. I don't think I am anointed for that. But that was what the disciples were saying. They came back and they said, excuse me, we we, we, we didn't know that. We, we were just going there to go and preach. Please, can I also point out to you that when the Bible says, when the 70 came back. But in that chapter 10, if you the first verse says that he appointed another 70. So that makes them 82. Does that look right? So why didn't the other twelve come back and say to Jesus, we're surprised? Because they heard that Jesus spoke to them that you have power. The other ones felt, we were just going there on excursion with them. These are the ones that have power. Mm. We are just going there to, you know, tell people, the apostles are coming. Oh, you have Eric. I know the apostles are coming. Peter is coming. When Peter comes, is the one that Jesus said in chapter 9 that you have power. I can imagine that when Jesus probably matched them together, he matched Peter, Paul, uh, Peter, and John together, Matthew and Luke. And people were like, oh, No, I thought it was good to marry him with Peter. Because the Bible says it was that 70 that came back. So when Jesus was matching the pictures, Jesus now matched them together two by two, and they're like, Is this not Paul? That guy that we play football together. (laughs) And he said that we should go (laughs) and he said, Well, we might as well go. And probably they went out and they discovered that. Wait a minute, Paul just said in the name of Jesus. And it happened. That was why they came back saying to Jesus, we never knew this this was what it was. Why were they shocked? Because Jesus never told them I have given you power. That was why when he came back, he was like, you know what? You have the power on you anyway. I would have sent you out if you had not received that power. And the question to us is that how many of us feel that we are in challenges or situations in life. And we think that, you know, something has happened. I don't. no, 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 no. I was not anointed to do this. You probably go and carry your vision book and you go, oh, no, they have not told me that I am anointed to do this kind of thing. Oh, that is it. I was, I was in church when they said that God has anointed Antif, Kenny, to become the new prophetess. That is it. Let us call our number. She as the anointing. Because so when when the when when they all came, they were like you know they were shocked at what what came out of them. What I'm just saying to you is that whatever it is you are created for. whatever the challenge is you are created for, can I say to you that, see, light was created because of darkness. Light was not created by itself. Each time you see God create light, when He came, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, that the heart was filled with darkness. So that was why God introduced light. When there is no darkness, light doesn't make sense. That's why the Bible says that antique darkness as shall, I shall as covered. He said, arise and shine for your light has come. Why? Because there is thick darkness on the heart. So if there is no challenge in an area, nobody needs you. Are we together? So, when you are in a position, don't first say, ah, how, how no, you are, that is why you were created. Adam was created because there was issues on the land, and God said, "Subdue it." That is why you are created. God created oranges; it did not create oranges. Why? Because it gives man the opportunity to constantly find solutions to the problems they have. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as we just move this along. <clears throat> When you are talking about moving into understanding this is what the challenge is, you are empowered to do it, but there is a time when you have to come in agreement together with God. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 said, can two walk together except there is an agreement. Except there is an agreement. See, at times you may feel that God, how can I? Have, this is there are some things that at times some of us have scaled our our, our visions back. We have reduced it to a point where we feel, mm, yeah, this looks right. I'm going to just illustrate an example to you in the scriptures where we may not have to pay attention to. David said to, the Bible says that David was living in the house of made with cedar. You will see that in, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, 1 to 8, but I will just summarize it. David was living in the house of cedar. And the Bible says that David now saw, looked at himself, living in that house. And he said to God, he called Nathan, and said, How can I be living in this kind of house? And God's tent, sorry, tabernacle, and sorry, half of covenant, believing under a tent. I am going to build God a house. Question, do you think David had the money to build God a house? At that time, you think David had the money to build God a house? he had a desire. I'll tell you no. Why? Because the house of cedar that David was living in, somebody gave it to him. So he could not even build himself a house. Second Samuel chapter 5. Let's just look at it. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 10 to 12. He says, So, David went and became went on became great, and the Lord of Hosts was with him. Then King Hiram, the king of Tyre, sent messengers to David with cedar trees and capitals, and mountains, and and they built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him. And exalted him. I do. I will not love it to read beyond that. Because after that, what David did was that David would to to get wives. <laughs> that was verse thirteen, so I didn't, I didn't include that. Amen. He <laughs> went to get enough wives. Ah, you know, <laughs> this is how life is so easy. I need to fill this place with, <laughs> with something. Amen. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is that when David made that covenant with God. David had no, the house he was leaving him was given to him. But David said, you know what? It doesn't matter where I am now. This is my vision of what I want to achieve for God. That is why when you read that um, Samuel chapter, we read Samuel chapter 7, that was where he said that I was going to give a house for God, and God said, no. But chapter eight, if you read chapter eight, you, if, can we open our Bible to, uh, uh, I just want to point out something to you. Second Samuel chapter eight. Second Samuel chapter eight, are we there? Do we have anybody that the Bible is put in sections? Do you have? Any. on it? What is written there? David's victories. So, after he told God, and God said, okay, we're going to work together now. As you begin to deliver those lands, I will be taking my own things so that you can build my property. How does this apply to me? God, I am, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to win this nation for you. I don't know how but my heart is to see this nation come to his knees for God. And God will say, just like it was David he said, don't worry, that's a good idea. Let us start. David did not have a house. <laughs> he was just built a house. And he said, ah, this house is very good. <laughs> the Bible says that, and David understood that God was so great to him. So David never expected to have that kind of house. So by the time somebody built him, a see the house. He said, God, ah, if you can do this for me, then I should be able to do more great, greater for you. What I'm trying to say to you is that whatever thing that God is laying in your heart to come into partnership with him, with you may not physically have it now, but the heart to become that for God is enough. The desire to see your family want God, the desire to see a particular disease or whatever hang in your whole lifetime as a God. This is what I want to achieve for you, although you have nothing to point at. Maybe you're still at school or maybe you are whatever it is that you're still doing and they are still saying, you know. You said you want to feel stadium. <laughs> Do you remember where you sang yesterday or were you who was there? Your friends that you told, please come and support my dream. And they came. And supported your dream and you gave them drink <laughs> to be able to call. And as I am saying, I can't see God. God, this is what I want you to do. But one thing I want us to please be conscious of is that when you come in covenant with God, be careful. Be careful. I'm going to say one thing to us as I just... is this, is that I was talking to a and I said, and I think it's that I will share with us again, that when they told me, they said, you will not celebrate your birthday until the age of 50. When they told me that that day in Lagos, I was like, okay, so one day I was I was ironing I was um, putting clothes out to dry. And I said, "God, you said I should celebrate my birthday until the age of 50. But on that age of 50, this is how I want to celebrate it. I want to be able to look and not be able to count the number of souls I am going to touch." With. I want to literally stand at the stadium and see them and not be able to count them. Guess what? All of a sudden, my journey, I went into uni. I wanted to run. I ended up on the boat. And when I was coming from Nigeria, came to New Covenant a prophetess was saying to me later on. He said, when I walked, and said, God told them that this is the person I'm talking to you about that will come and share the word in the church. When did he start? I didn't know I was going to, but God said, thank you for that. offer. <laughs> I will now begin to make that part for you. That was the time I had a dream and, and I was walking, I was going on, I was going on in that in, in dream and I felt like I was getting tired and, and the man said, I oh, know, why, why, they said, and the guy patted me on the back and he said, don't worry, just keep going. And when I said, excuse me, who are you? And as I woke up, he I said, he I was said, no, I'm Elijah. I said, you, just keep going. I'm like, Okay. Why am I saying this? Is that see when, and I'm saying this group so that you understand that once you may come into partnership with God, it doesn't take it. You you can think you forgot. He's forgotten, but he hasn't. He hasn't. So he, he may be asking you for something, or there's something that you see, and you are like, God, this cannot continue to happen. How can I how how how, I, how can this be happening? I want to bring an end to it. And God said, Yes, no problem, you will bring an end to it. But always be conscious that you have made. Come into partnership with me. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says in in Isaiah chapter 61, verse, it said, The the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me for a purpose. The anointing is not just on me to feel good, He is anointing me to be able to achieve something. I'm just going to just share a scripture with us, the town chapter 8 verse 18 because people talk about health. Well, the town the chapter 8 verse 18, before we just draw this to a close. And you shall remember
0: the Lord your
1: God. Mm-hmm. For
0: it is he who gives you power to get wealth. It is him who has given
1: you the power to get wealth. Yes, That he may establish his covenant, which he saw to your father. So basically, God did not give you power to get wealth so that you can buy cars. Yeah. He said, I have given you power to make wealth so that my covenant with your father, Abraham, What is the covenant with Father Abraham is that through you, the world will be blessed. Through you, the world will be blessed. When we come in partnership with God, I am saying, God, you know what? We are going to do this together. I know we don't have a picture up here, but there is a picture, I know that the picture of the slide was sent to us, but when Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 28, it's mentioned by 11, verse 28 to 30. He says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavenly. He said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. He said, for I am gentle and lowly in the heart. You shall find rest. Pastor said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know the yoke that Jesus is talking about? It is the yoke of, I don't know how to, but if you have the, the pictures, it, it, is, it, it is the yoke of... You have it here. So you have these two animals. What is on their neck is yoke. So Jesus is saying, No, take my yoke, beat the other one. So as I drive, as I pull my head in a particular direction, you follow that direction. That's why he said, my yoke is easy, And he said, he said before that, he said, my heart is gentle, I'm gentle at heart. Basically, I am not going to force you, drag you to to make you feel um, uh, bruised. But I am going to drive, but we have to keep going together. But do you know the dangerous thing in that yoke? Is that if the lead cattle is facing that way, and the other one wants to face the other way, you are going to hurt yourself so when jesus said to them my yoke is light is easy and my burden is light question when you say partnership with god do you think this picture Reflect you? Or are you on your own just finding your way down the path? May God grant us grace in Jesus' name. So, as we set this up, and God is saying, There are lands I need you to overcome. Because you are created for that land. But what I need you to do is first of all, be aware of what you have. And call on me as a partner. To partner with you together. Can we go to Numbers chapter 10? Numbers chapter 10. I want you to see something. Hallelujah. Now for you to know that what we are talking about, I will read, or somebody can read verse verse 1 and 2. Then you go to verse 7. And the
0: Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work, you shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps.
1: Now, please listen to what God is saying. And when I they... want you to make a trumpet. Now he said that this particular trumpet has to be you we when it is for you, it is for the congregation. come together. Yes, ma'am. And when the assembly is to be gathered together. Now, when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow. You shall blow, yes. But not sound the advance. But not sound in advance, or the advance. Basically, what he's saying is that this is not a trumpet that you blow because you are feeling excited. Yes, ma'am.
0: The sons of Aaron, the priest shall bow the trumpets, shall blow the trumpets, mm-hmm. and this shall be to you
1: as an ordinance forever throughout your generation. So, what is he saying is that this particular thing that God is talking about does not end at the cross. He said, This shall be an ordinance for you from one generation to another. Yes, ma'am. When you go to war. When you are about to go to war. Yes. In your land against the enemy who oppresses you. When you are in your land and an enemy enters the place.
0: yes, Then you shall sound an alarm. Then you shall sound an alarm. With the trumpets. So you shall blow the trumpets. And you will be
1: remembered before the Lord your God. Please notice what he said. He said that when you blow that trumpet. God breathes, it's as if you are saying, God, we are about to go to war. We want you to come into partnership with us. And you will be saved from your enemies. And you will be saved from your enemies. He's saying that when you are about to go to war, I want you to sound the sound of trumpet. And as a result of that, God stands up and says, my children are about to go to war. He's basically saying, if you go to war and you don't sound the trumpet, that is your problem. But if you need our help, we need you to blow the trumpet. Mm-hmm. Of course, for some of us, it's not everyone that has a trumpet or can blow one. But the, but the song says, only do that your more nourishes. That is, you are the instrument made by God. And God is saying that when you step into that land that you desire to take for God, He said, I need you to blow your trumpets because heaven's wood will come in response. And say said, No, my children are. That's why He said, don't blow it in advance. This is not the one where you blow and you are not sure what you want to do. This is not this is not the time where you don't have your target right before you. You are not yet clear on what you want to do. But he said, if you are sure of what you want to do, you are sure of the land you want to conquer for God. He said, when that time comes. Blow the trumpet. And as the trumpet blows, he said, God said, I come, I remember them. What is he saying? They are reminding me. It is water.